Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the move to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome, my name is BJ Kent and I'm joined in again with Stephen Debo Deaton. What's up, Stephen? Hey man, how's it going? Doing good, man. I know uh, it is a Tuesday night at 8.45 and so... Uh, it's been a long day, but I'm, I'm glad to come in and talk some fantasy football with you from a dynasty perspective. And uh, I actually just jump into it, man, if you're cool with that. Let's go. All right. So, look, before we go to our records and everything, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, last episode, I think I cursed Javante Williams, man. Uh, talked him up, talked about his athleticism, and then he tears his ACL this past weekend. Uh, hoping for a speedy recovery and everything for the guy. Where does this knock him down your dynasty rankings personally? Well, as you know, and as probably most of our listeners know, I've not been very high on him um, anyway. Uh, even though I was starting to come around on his athleticism a little bit, you could see some burst from him. Um, looked like he had some elite athleticism. Um, but I just wasn't all I, – I still wasn't quite all the way there before this ACL tear. So before this ACL tear in my dynasty rankings, I probably had him somewhere around like maybe – 10 to 11 to 12, like somewhere. Um, and so now with this happening, you know, football players can come back relatively quickly from ACL. Like I figure he'll be probably ready for the most part to start the year next year. But even though he's going to be ready to go, you see it time in and time out that they may be ready to go, but they're not ready to go. So, most of the time, you kind of see it as they'll come back and they'll play, but that elite burst usually isn't there the year after. It usually takes a couple years for that to come back around, um, if it does come back around at all. So, that being said, this is going to bump him for me just a little bit. I'm going to say he's probably going to be somewhere around the 20 spot now, you know, um, maybe even a little bit further. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really sat down and looked at it, but it definitely bumps him for me um, just because I've not been – uh, on him like a lot of people um and then this is just this is catastrophic for his you know his career most likely um yeah so it's it's gonna it's gonna bump him for me a, a good bit yeah man i get that although for me i was a little bit higher on him i had him all the way up like probably around rb3 rb4 in dynasty uh, but you know i know when i'm bullish on players and so it's 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 okay uh but with that being said man i probably got him knocked down outside that rb1 range if i'm honest with you uh, probably got him around that spot 13 14 right now uh mm-hmm. it stinks because i know the potential there but i think he takes that hit just like jk dobbins did last year whenever he got injured uh i imagine in the off season as the hop comes back and stuff you're gonna see a rise uh but man just for me, I think that he'll he'll get back to where he is, hopefully. And I know uh, before he actually went down with that ACL injury in Sunday's game, I think it was Sunday, uh, he actually looked like the backfield was his, man. I know Melvin Gordon was struggling with an injury, fumbled the ball a couple of times, stuff like that. Uh, and so with it, man, Javante was getting to work there. Now, that offense is still struggling and whatnot, but it was something to be said there. Uh, and so for me, man, um, current record-wise, Steven, I know we talk about this every week, um after week three my redraft i'm still somehow undefeated man i don't know what's going on here uh i finished the week two and oh and eight and oh overall um dynasty though man that's where i'm taking my hits at 
Uh, I finished three and five dynasty and one of those with being a rebuild um, 16 and 17 overall. I will say this because I was so bullish on Javante. I lost him in five of my leagues and honestly, I don't know what I'm gonna do in a couple of them. Uh, and so I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I, I think I might end up having to go reload in a couple of them. Uh, I think there's about one or two that are still able to still compete this year. Uh, and then hopefully get them back next year. But I'm still trying to kind of toss that in the air and seeing what's all going on the next couple of weeks. Uh, how did your week turn out, Stephen? Okay, so redraft this week for me was three and one. Uh, I'm now eight and eight overall, so 500. Um, in Dynasty, I was eight and five with one of those being a rebuild that I'm 0 and four in. It's a complete rebuild. Um, and I'm overall 41 and 27. Um, I think that, you know, as you as you talk about, you know, a couple of your leagues, the majority of your leagues taking a hit because of the Javante thing, I, it makes me want to bring this point up for our, for our Dynasty listeners and maybe Dynasty guys that are new um, that haven't been into it as, as long as I have and even you. Um, but it's to, to – to, I, I think, you know, Dynasty is for us to have fun, right? We want to have fun playing Dynasty yep. football. You want to go and get your guy. That's part of it. Like, if you love a guy, go get a guy, right? I mean, don't – just go get that player if you love him. But also, at the same time, you have to have some diversity. You have to have a expanding portfolio in Dynasty because this these kind of things happen. Absolutely. And it can ruin your entire Dynasty portfolio and your leagues with oversaturation of one player. Now, I'm not just killing you because of that. It's just part of it. Because I do believe you should go get your guys, and Javante's one of your guys. This just happens. But I do think it's very important to also diversify your portfolio. Don't oversaturate yourself with just one guy that can ruin a bunch of leagues for you really quickly. Absolutely, man. That's something that I've been working on, actually. Uh, I tend to find one player and just absolutely love them. And so I go make moves for them in just about every league. Uh, some players this past year and a half for me has been Javante, City Lamb, Rashad Bateman, uh, Cole Komet, uh, all of those really assuming like bust besides CD. Um, and so with it, I'm kind of seeing the byproduct of that. And I would agree 100%, man. If you got a guy out there, go get him. Uh, really, who cares about what the price is and whatnot? Don't go and just be stupid with with the offer and whatnot. Uh, but, man, it fantasy football is supposed to be enjoyed. It's supposed to be one of those where you can turn on your game and just watch the player that you enjoy watching and rooting for them. Yeah. And so if you've, if you've got that guy out there, that player or whatnot, go get a couple of shares of them. Like I said, you ain't got to go out and buy five like I did. <laughs> but yeah. go out, get a couple of shares, enjoy actually just sitting there and partaking in fantasy football for sure. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about don't be crazy with it, you know, I mean, there's so many tools out there that can help you if you're new or even if you're, you know, even if you've if you've got experience in this, there's tools out there that will help you, whether it's a calculator or rankings or whatever that will help you uh, make moves. Now, calculators are not the end all be all. You know, Absolutely. you can look at it and let it guide you, but you have your own rankings. So if somebody tells you, well, here's what the calculator says, then you should probably just stop talking to them because it's just it's just not that way. That's not how dynasties should be played. Yeah, and I think, it, like you said, it's good for beginners and whatnot, getting your feet wet and everything else. But I, what I realize is I'm taking um, – I actually got DLF for free this past year with the whole monkey knife fight 
promotion and everything else. But even with that, though, I use that trade calculator a little bit. But now, as I'm getting a little bit more seasoned and whatnot, it really kind of comes down to, do I like the players in the deal? Do I think it's a fair trade? And if not, then I'm cool moving on. But if I do think that it's okay, even if I'm losing a little bit compared to what the trade calculator says, then I'm I'm cool doing that, you know? Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Sweet. So with that being said, let's talk about some of these top performers on the week, Stephen. Uh, so week four being in the books, let's start off with the quarterback position. Uh, man, it's <laughs> fantasy, I'm just going to start off by saying this. And so listeners, I'm sure you can attest to this. Fantasy football in 2022 has been the weirdest year of fantasy football that I could ever imagine. Uh, with that being said, Jared Goff was the QB one of last week. Jared Goff. Jared uh, Golf. QB2 was Geno Smith. Geno Smith. God, man. You know, <laughs> that's that's where we're at right now. Jared Golf and Geno Smith. QB1, you QB2. Know, I'm not going to lie, man. I, start, <laughs> I started Jared Golf in a, in a Superflex League last week, and I was okay with it. Uh, yeah. And then going into QB3 was Russell Wilson. Look at him finally getting a good game. Uh, QB4 was Tom Brady uh, with the announcement that they have hired divorce lawyers today. So, man, <laughs> here's to you, Tom Brady. Uh, and then Patrick Mahomes at QB5. Um, Steven, I don't think there's much to say about this, man. Uh, let me ask you this, though. Are you buying into the hop of Jared Goff? I mean, dude was without his weapons. He was without DeAndre Swift and he was without Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, he's going to get J-Mo back in a couple of weeks. Uh, are you buying Jared Goff right now? That's hard for me to say, man. I, I don't think I'm like, I don't, I, I, I don't think I'm buying him. Like, I, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't fully commit to Jared Goff at this at this moment in time. Like, I, I will say that I, I did see some stuff preseason on Jared Goff. There was some pretty good hype from his coaches, from some, you know, analysts, I guess, if you will, that he could have a good season, and he's, you know, it ain't bad. It ain't bad right now. So. I'm not completely bought in, but I'm, he's on my he's on my list to watch, right? He's on my watch list. Mm-hmm. So um, I put him on my watch list. I, you know, I think he's a guy that got the raw end of the deal in L.A. Uh, I, think, I don't think they ever liked him enough to really trust him and build around him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if these weapons that the Lions are putting together, you got Jamison Williams coming back. You know, hopefully Amon Ross St. Brown gets his stuff together. You got DeAndre Swift coming back, hopefully. So he does have some weapons coming. TJ Hawkinson, who just went absolutely bonkers this week. Man. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting to watch and see how it plays out. Um I, he's on my watch list for a couple weeks. Let's see what happens. Absolutely, man. Uh going into the running back position, you've got Josh Jacobs, RB one on the week, Austin Eckler having a bounce back week. Rashad Penny, shout out your sneaky flex play last week. Uh, and then at RB4, you've got Miles Sanders and RB5, Damian Pierce. Uh, man, I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. Um, Damian Pierce was somebody I did not expect to be in the RB5's uh, range. Uh, Austin Eckler, it's nice to see him actually do something. Uh, yeah, I, the, the, the Eckler bouncing back for a nice week, three touchdowns, I believe caught some passes, which we know he's going to do that. But it was nice to see him get in the end zone. It was nice to see them target him in that area because um, he had had a couple of clunkers that was really, uh, yep. you know, in PPR leagues he was still doing okay, which is what I mostly play. I'm in one standard redraft league. 
Um, but yeah, Eckler's Eckler. It was nice to see a bounce back week from him. Yep. If I got him in Dynasty, I'll be honest with you. I'm probably using this as an opportunity to shop him around. Um, he's one of the players that I said from the very beginning of the season that um, I think that he's going to fall off at some point. And I mean, he's still putting it together and stuff, but if you can cash in on this value, it may be a good time Mm -hmm. to kind of look at that. Uh, Going into the wide receiver position, you got Justin Jefferson balling out in London on Sunday, uh, finishing up as the overall wide receiver one of the week. You've got Mike Evans at two, Cooper Cup at three, T. Higgins at four, and Tyreek Hill at five. I know we've already covered the T. Higgins because we recorded last week after that game uh, and Tyreek Hill, actually. And so looking at those top three, Jefferson, Evans, and Cup, uh, with it, how do you feel about each one of those performances this week, Stephen? Well, I'm not happy about the Jefferson one because I'm a huge Saints fan, as most of you know. Um, he balled out. He he destroyed Lattimore, who's m- looked at as one of the top corners in the league. Um, and as good as he is, he is a liability on so many levels, but that's another story for another day. Justin Jefferson just balled out. He, uh, you know, uh, he, he balled out. That's all I'm going to say about it. I don't even want to relive it. Um, it was, it was nasty. So, um, I know to end the game, you know, there in regulation, he just, he completely toasted Lattimore for a deep ball that set up the field goal, the game winning field goal. So I, I just, you know, he's, he's, he's a great player. He did have a couple of dud weeks and we kind of talked about him, you know, what's going on? Are you worried? But he, he turned it back on this week and balled out. So I'm not, you know, he, he, he's, he's up there at the top. Evans. Evans is just – all he does is just put you numbers up every year, yep. year in, year out. What are we on, year eight, year seven, year eight with him, year Something nine? Like I don't man. know. I mean, and he just balls out. Thousand yards every year, targets in the red zone galore, got the best quarterback of all time throwing him the ball. He should, he's in, he should be in your lineup every week. And then you got Cooper Cup, who is just another monster in his own right. Right back, picked up where he has left off last year. I know they didn't win. I know it was kind of ugly. But for fantasy purposes, man, he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his yards. And he's going to get a touchdown. So you you put him in every week, too. I, I, I don't think any of these three is where you look at the running backs and the, and the quarterbacks at one and two, one and two. These one, twos, and threes, you can expect them to be there. They're not surprises. Absolutely. Yep, and that's what we've been talking about, man. I know in redraft, if you went wide receiver early, you're pretty ecstatic about it. And so with that, if you drafted Jefferson, Evans later on, Cup, whoever, uh, there's there's a good chance you're probably sitting undefeated or up there in the winning category. Uh, going into the tight ends of the week, you have TJ Hawkinson that you alluded to earlier, having a monster game as really the only target there in Detroit besides Josh Reynolds. Uh, you have Mo Alley Cox finding the end zone, I think, twice, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in Sunday's game, uh, finishing up as a tight end, too. Travis Kelsey always in the top three. Tyler Higby at four and Gerald Everett at five. I know me and you were just talking before the pod about Tyler Higby, Stephen. Uh, Tyler Higby, honestly, has been surprising me this year. I didn't expect him to have as many PPR points as he does right now because I honestly thought Allen Robinson would eat into that some this year. But as you can see, Higby's actually becoming one of Stafford's favorite weapons. Uh, they're running a lot of tight end screens the man's way. And so if I've got him in any league right now as a tight end, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably plugging him in there. Yeah, man, he looks good just watching him over the past few weeks. If you Again, if you have him in a PPR, most especially if you have him in a tight end premium where it's one and a half or two per reception, man, he's killing it because – He's catching seven, eight balls a game. You know, the only knock right now is he's not being targeted in the red zone a whole lot. Yeah. Um, does he have – I don't think he has a touchdown on the year. Um, so, you know, 
he is getting the targets, um, some of those screens, some of those quick overs. Um, but the, you know, and, and touchdowns are kind of, you know, it's just kind of one of those things they'll come, um, you hope. Um, but again, I think I plug him in again, like you said, everywhere you go, Kelsey's a monster at three, uh, Hawkinson had almost a a career, career day. Um, so studs there at the top as well. Mo Alley Cox, pretty big surprise day there at number two overall. Absolutely, man. Uh, going into the top disappointments of the week at the quarterback position, you had two quarterbacks that have been on the top performers list literally every single week who actually busted in week three or week four. Uh, you have Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, uh, followed by Derek Carr, Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I honestly think that the Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, uh, I think we can pretty much leave them off this list. They're going to be a disappointment for a while. Yeah, we can take them off. Yeah. Yeah, but the Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, I'll be honest with you, man, I am not uh, feeling any type of way about this. I mean, every player has a bad week every now and then. With Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, I'm still plugging them in as my QB1 uh, without any hesitation at all. I know when you look at Lamar's uh, numbers, he looked like he was going to have a fantastic day with the first two drives being passing touchdowns, and then it just seemed like he died off the rest of the game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he came out balling, looked okay. But then that rushing attack actually just ended up leading the rest of the wake. And so with it, I know the teams are winning. I think uh, Lamar and them actually lost that game. But even with that, man, it's, it's players that I'm not too concerned about at this moment. Yeah, I agree with you. Lamar Jackson, we know what kind of player he is. We know what kind of fantasy player he is. Jalen Hurts has emerged as a really good fantasy player. Um, and, I, and I agree with you. I think on any given week, of course, these guys are – you know, going to have not-so-great weeks. Um, Derek Carr being on this list, you know, just kind of looking at him and what he did, man, he's got he's to step up, right? I mean, he's got to prove that he's the quarterback for that franchise that just went out and got him probably, in my opinion, the best NFL receiver in the league. Not fantasy, but just the best NFL wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. And so – He's got to prove that he can do this, I, I, you know. So it, it, he he is becoming a, a disappointment fantasy wise and NFL wise. Yeah. Even though I will say, even though they did get the win, right? They did get their first win this week. Yeah, I believe so. Um. So, but yeah, on the fantasy side, he does need to. He's he's got to step it up some. Yep, and it kind of helps whenever your running back is the RB one of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then going into the running back position, you have Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris, Michael Carter, and Javante Williams, all five being disappointments on the week. Uh, with that being said, man, the one name that I think that I'm most concerned out of this entire list is Najee Harris. Uh, now, I will understand he does have a couple of tough matchups coming up, and then his bye week, and then it kind of gets a little bit easier after that. But even with that, man, I know a lot of people drafted him super high. A lot of people took him 101 last year in the rookie drafts. A lot of people made a lot of offseason moves to acquire him. My question for you, Stephen, is is with Kenny Pickett coming in and looking like the Steelers are going to use him for the rest of the season, do you think this gives Najee and that offense a bump, or do you think he just still remains stagnant as kind of like that mediocre RB? I think he gets a bump. I mean, he, you know, Pickett. I think he's going to be better. I mean, he's got to be better than Trubisky. I mean, tr- yeah. poor Trubisky. He's he was drafted too high. Let's just be honest about it. It's it, you know he was drafted too high, and so with that high draft pick from the Bears, the stigma on him was he must be great. He's going to be an elite quarterback, and it just it's just not the case. He's just not that guy. He's probably a great um, backup 
Um, and I th- that's what I think he is. And the book is still, you know, the, the book's still out on Pickett. We'll see. I think it's got to be an upgrade. Um, you know, wh- where you want to see him excel is on the PPR side is some of his, his targets and receptions. Like this past week, zero targets, zero catches. So yeah. that's tough, you know, when you're expecting that. Now, you know, he he had six targets five catches earlier in the year against new england uh this past week he did have 18 rushes attempts for 74 yards which is an average of four yards per carry which ain't that's 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 not bad i mean four Mm -hmm. yards per carry is good he just he's not getting in the end zone it's the touchdown thing um one one rushing touchdown on the year one receiving touchdown on the year in two different games so only two touchdowns through four weeks um so yeah i mean i'm not worried uh because the volume's there and we talk about volume being key 18 carries, 74 yards, that's volume. Uh, you do look for the receiving uh, numbers to, to jump a little bit. So I'm not worried. Absolutely, man. I kind of fall into that same category. Uh, I think Najee is actually a really good buy low candidate at this moment. Uh, if you got a manager that is panicking on that, it might be good to go out and get a, a, a long-term buy there. Uh, going into the, the disappointments of the wide receiver category, you have Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, Garrett Wilson, Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddle, who we alluded to in the last episode, Rashad Bateman, Devontae Smith, Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, Gabe Davis, and Amar Cooper. Now, I listed a lot of names there just because we did have a lot of duds that a lot of people had as their wide receiver ones and twos uh, in that category. Uh, Steven, give me one name that you are most worried about on this list, and I'll do the same, okay? All right. Um, I'm going to say Jalen Waddle, and I love Jalen Waddle. Um, but without Tua, Jalen Waddle falls way down. He just falls way down. Um, and I, I, I just say that because we know how much Tua loves Waddle. There's a connection there from Bama all the way up to where we are now. And you saw exactly what happened to Waddle the minute Tua stepped away. Um, uh, what did he, what did he finish with? Two, two catches for 30 yards, I believe, somewhere around that. Um, mm-hmm. so, it, it worries me, not from a dynasty's perspective, as long as two is going to be throwing the ball. Um, and I know we're kind of talking dynasty here. I'm just talking short term. If two is out two, three, or four weeks, I'm a little bit worried about Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Uh, did you see where the the doctor who specializes in CTE that the movie Concussion was wrote about, uh, he came out and told two that he needs to retire and to not put his life at risk? Wow. Wow, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, I just saw it earlier before the podcast. Uh, I think the one player on this list that I'm kind of worried about, maybe not long term, but as far as this year, I think people thought that they had a steal in Drake London, uh, specifically in redraft leagues, uh, because he came out those first couple of weeks balling and stuff like that. I'll be honest with you, man, that offense, uh, I know they just put Cordell Patterson on the IR. Uh, they'll probably be running out Tyler Algier and the other back. Is it Huntley? I don't, I don't know the other one. Uh, but with it, man, Drake London is somebody that I don't think will be in my lineups. Uh, I don't think that I'll be able to plug him in, in the, even in the flex position. Uh, I know eventually it'll come, but I think that, honestly, in Dynasty, you're kind of hoping on a quarterback change in the next year. Uh, and so with it, it's, it's somebody that I'm kind of I'm hesitant on at this moment. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. I think I think you have I think you have the right to be a little bit hesitant on it because of the QB situation. Um, so I I totally agree with you there. Awesome. Uh, moving into the tight end position, you have a permanent resident Cole Komet in this category, and then you <laughs> it's have time, it's time to take him out. 
That's time oh gosh, to man. take him out. He's no longer a disappointment. He just lives here. Uh, then you have Darren Waller, Irv Smith, Mike Gesicki, Kyle Pitts, and Mark Andrews. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think he bounces back after this week. I'm not really too concerned about him. Uh, now, Kyle Pitts, man, he's one of those players where we talked about before previously and kind of falls into that bad offense, bad QB player right now. Uh, yeah. But with it, he showed a little spark last week or the week prior whenever he scored, what was it, like 14 PPR points. Uh, but he falls back down to earth this week. Uh, Mike Gesicki, I will not touch with a 10-foot pole right now. Uh, if I'm honest with you, uh, same thing with Irv Smith. Uh, Kirk Cousins just has too many weapons in that offense. I know he is throwing the ball a lot to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And so it's hard to bank on uh, Irv Smith and even Darren Waller, man. Uh, we already alluded to the Derek Carr play. I think what it kind of comes down to is you have bad QB play in a lot of these categories. And when they do end up targeting players on their team, they're looking at the running backs and the receivers. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I, you know, there are some names on here, again, that um, they're just living here, right? Komet's living here. Um, Gasecki, I don't necessarily love right now. You missed your sell window on Kyle Pitts last week because, you know, we again, I'm not going to say that. I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm not high on him. Um, I'm lower on him than most. I uh, don't own him anywhere. Probably won't because of the price. Um, and we're we're recapping here in a little bit our our 2021 tight ends, and I'm going to shake it up a little bit. So, um, but um, yeah, uh, Darren Waller again, the bad QB play as you alluded to. I completely agree with that. Completely agree with the take on Justin Jefferson and Thielen taking some Irv Smith work. Andrews is going to bounce back. He's 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 probably my tight end one in Dynasty. Yeah, I get that. Uh, going into our sneaky flex play, we've been like killing it the last two weeks, man. Killing I don't know what's it. been going on. Killing it. Uh, so what we're going to do is – If you're listening re- to the pod this week, if you don't put my sneaky flex play in, then you should just not listen anymore. I'm kidding. You listen to us every week. But we have killed it. We have killed it for the past two weeks. Yeah, see, uh, alluding to how I did last year on these, I was trash. And so I'm just <laughs> taking that moment of, of victory lap. Uh so recapping last week, you um, you said to start Rashad Penny. He actually finishes the RB three overall overall on the week with a stat line of seventeen rushes, one hundred and fifty one yards, and two touchdowns. I actually mm-hmm. watched the highlight of that long touchdown run that he mm-hmm. uh, that he broke off. Man, he looked mm-hmm. good. Uh, he's a player to where if you man if you're starting him right now in your flex, you're pretty pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, towards Detroit's weak defense. So I think it's going to be a, a new take to where we start looking at the, the Detroit defense and trying to start players on the other side of the ball. Um, and so on speaking of Detroit, my start of the week last week was Jamal Williams. He finished the game with 19 rushes, 108 yards, and two touchdowns and finishes the RB6 on the week. And so now moving into this week, Stephen, why don't you go ahead and give your sneaky flex play of the week? Well, you know where I'm going with this. You just alluded to it. Damian Harris. Uh, man, Patriots running back, getting most of the work right now. Um, and, and the QB position is just tethered and torn, man. Uh, of course, Mac, Mac Jones is out. Uh, Brian Hoyer went out with – did he go out with a concussion, I believe? I guess he, yeah, he went out and didn't did. come back. Um, so, who knows what the QB situation is. And they already run the ball. Um, so, man, this week the game plan, you can bet, is going to be geared up to run. So, Damian Harris is my sneaky flex play this week. Um, he is RB29 on the week in rankings. He's sandwiched between Melvin Gordon and Devin Singletary. I look for him to outperform both of those and possibly sneak into maybe being an RB1 
this week going up against that vaunted Lions defense. Nice, man. So let me ask you this question, not for my own personal gain or anything. Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Damian Harris? CEH. Nice. Okay, cool. That's what I, that's what I chose anyways. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, Sneaky Flex play of the week for me is I am going with the one and only Jeff Wilson Jr. from the 49ers. Uh, he takes on the Carolina Panthers defense that has been struggling here lately. Uh, I went back and looked at the numbers. You had Nick Chubb put up 141 yards rushing on them, which also Nick Chubb's the RB1 on the year uh, in week one. And then you also had Saquon put up 72 on them in week two whenever the offense was struggling. Uh, I'm expecting Wilson to go in and dominate this game. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm expecting the game to go in the 49ers' favor, obviously. And I expect him to lean on Wilson to take them home in the second half. Uh, plus, I looked at Wilson's numbers. It doesn't hurt that the guy has finished as an RB2 the past three weeks in a row with double digits. And so with it, it's somebody I'm plugging in. Um, I actually have him in a couple of leagues. And, man, I'm going to try to put my money where my mouth is. And so Jeff Wilson, somebody I'm plugging in my lineup and just kind of seeing what I get out of him. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, man. Jeff Wilson, uh, I, I saw that first touchdown he had this week. Shot out of a cannon, man. He looked fast. He looked explosive. Um, and so I'm, I completely agree with you because you know, you know, and as far as rankings go, uh, he's he's way down there. He's in the flex mm-hmm. range. Uh, even at, even as a starting running back, he's in the flex range. So you know, and this is why we pick some of these guys, even though they're starting running backs right now. They get good matchups if they're in that flex range, man. You know, start them if you got them. Start them. Don't think about it. Start them. All right, guys, so y'all just listen to our Sneaky Flex plays and you'll win your matchup. That's basically what Steven just said. Uh, going into the 2021 class review, Steven, uh, we went through the running backs last week. We did the wide receivers the week previous. Uh, let's walk into the tight ends, man. Basically what we've been doing is just going and looking back at the 2021 class, giving our current dynasty rankings of those along with some takes on there as well. Um, tight ends one that I don't think we got to spend a lot of time on, Steven. No, we don't, and 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 we're not going to have a long list of these guys. We're 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 giving our top five here, um, and and it's 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 not going to be a long conversation, guys. It's just, it, it it's kind of it's kind of cut and dry. Let's just be honest about it. Yep. So looking at the tight end draft class last year, uh, by NFL draft pick, you had Kyle Pitts. Uh, Lord, what was he? The four overall, and uh, then yeah. mm-hmm. man, you had Pat Fryermuth. You had Hunter Long, Tommy Trimble, Trey McKitty. John Bates, Colin Granson, Luke Farrell, Brevin Jordan, Noah Gray, and Zach Davidson. A lot of players that uh, honestly got some hype, honestly, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, uh, they did. And so PFF tight end rankings as of May 2021, you had Kyle Pitts one, Pat Fryermuth two, Tommy Trimble three, Hunter Long four, and Brevin Jordan five. Uh, all right, Steven, let's get into the Kyle Pitts, man. Right, um, let's do it. I still got him as tight end one in this class. What about you? I told you I was going to shake it up. I can't shake it up that much. Kyle Pitts <laughs> is still the tight end one of the 2021 draft class. Yep, I agree 100%, man. I know even if you don't have measured dynasty tight end one, two, or three, uh, I think you still got him top five. I think that his athleticism is nuts. And like I said, I think that Atlanta moves on from Marcus Mariota after this year. Who knows if they go Desmond Ritter? Who knows if they go out and get uh, another quarterback next year or the next or whatever? Uh, eventually, Kyle Pitts earns his role. I think he uh, eventually bounces back. You just don't know when that's going to be. And for the price, like we said earlier, that you're going to have to pay, you are not going to be getting immediate return, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. that uh, He's still the one. He's uber talented. I get it. Um, man, I just have some reservations on the price. I think that's my main issue on yeah. Kyle Pitts. It's just the reservation for myself on the price. And I had I had these reservations the year he was drafted, before he even played an NFL snap. When I saw where he went in some of these drafts back in 2021, I, I was shocked. My mind was blown. I was like, wow. So, um, uber talented, top five-ish dynasty tight end. I get it. Man, the capital that he that he um, commands is ridiculous to me. Yep, I agree, man. I know there's a lot of players that fall under that category, though, if we're honest. Um, but Kyle Pitts is one of those where we just kind of got to proceed with caution here lately. Uh, who's the tight end two for you, Stephen? Tight end two for me is going to be Pat Fryermuth. Um he looks good, man. He and 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 he looked good with Big Ben last year. He looks like a good route runner. He's got strong hands. He catches the ball when it's thrown to him. Um, so I, you know, and we hope Pickett can 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 pick him up, right? Can 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 lift him up a little bit. We'll see. Um, but we, you know, we hope that he's an outlet for Pickett and and it works in 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 fantasy here. Yep, he is a very very consistent tight end. I think that's yes. all that needs to be said. Yes, uh, he is one of those. He is very reliant. Uh, reminds me of the tight ends such as Jason Witten, Heath Miller, uh, those type of tight ends of old. Uh, mm-hmm. One to where if you throw in the ball, he's more than likely going to catch it. Uh-huh. Uh, moving into the tight end three, this is where it gets a little bit, I guess, shady and whatnot. Uh, my tight end three in this class is Brevin Jordan. Uh, with that being said, I've seen glimpses of Brevin Jordan being a game changer. Uh, I look back at a couple of his touchdown catches last year, uh, look at how he's played this year. Uh, this year has been a disappointment, I'll be honest with you. Um, people thought that the Texans were going to take a step up and that Brevin Jordan was going to be at least a top 30 tight end. Um, it's not looking like it, man. And so with it, I still got him up there. I think that um, the Texans have something good going, I will say that. Um, I know is Lovey Smith there, correct? Yes, And I know what he's been doing with, with that team and whatnot. I think they're pushing him in the right direction. Uh, hopefully getting Mechie back next year, and they have a very, very young offense. I think Brevin Jordan eventually takes that step up. Uh, I don't see them moving away from him too quickly. Yeah, I I like the guy, and I, I and I have him at four. Um, and we'll go with we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my three in just a minute, but I have him at four. Um, you know, preseason, you're right. There was some hope that he was going to maybe take the next step and be a, a nice piece for that offense. But, man, it just hadn't happened this year. And, and you know, you're not, not ready to just throw the towel completely in on him. If you've got him in a deep dynasty, he probably needs – he's worth a stash down there somewhere, um, especially in maybe a tight end premium. Um, but so far this year, man, six total targets, three total receptions, eight yards. It's just not – you know, yeah. it's not, nothing there. There's nothing there. Um so, uh, yeah, he's worth a dynasty stash and a tight end premium um, for me. Um, and and he's kind of it's like it's kind of a wait and see, right? It's just kind of a wait and see. Yep, yeah, he's one of those players, man. Like I said, if somebody gives me a second farm, immediate smash yourself, move on yep. to my business immediately. Sweet. So who's your uh, who's your three, Stephen? Okay, so Noah Gray is my three. Um, I I think he's looked um, really good. Um, in that offense, especially behind probably one of the best tight ends of all time in, in Travis Kelsey, right? Um, scored a touchdown uh, this past week on a, on a um, on a rushing play against Tampa Bay. 
Um, so he stole a little bit of thunder there. Um, but over the over the three over the four weeks here, he had one target this past game. Did not um, pull in the reception. Um, but like I said, he did get the rushing touchdown. Uh, week three, two targets, one catch for 26 yards. So a nice long gain there. Week two, three targets, two catches. Um, and week one, two targets, one catch, all in double-digit yardages. So, I mean, it's nothing to write home about, but you're playing behind Travis Kelsey and you're still catching balls and scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe there's something to this. Kelsey's getting older. So, you know, Noah Gray may be a guy that you want to circle and keep your eye on because when the when the cliff comes for Kelsey and when the re- retirement comes, can Noah Gray step in and be not Travis Kelsey, obviously, but can he step in and be Mahomes' next tight end? Yeah, and I, I agree with you, man. I know I've, I've actually kept my eye on him this year and have seen just that. Uh, you, you actually see the, the targets coming his way a little bit. Uh, and man, like you said, with Travis Kelsey as your mentor, one of the best to play the game, you're going to learn something. Absolutely. Uh, Only 23 so, years old. So, yep. yep. And then uh, moving into the tight end five, we both have Colin Granson on our list. Uh, man, I think with it, it's just we've seen the talent there and the potential and whatnot. But I think what it comes down to is we just like them better than the rest of the names on this list. Um, I will say there is some concern with Jelani Woods there. We just saw Mo Alley Cox. Uh, that tight end room is very, very crowded. And so with it is somebody that I'm not, I'm not really excited about. Uh, it's more along the lines of he's, he's okay. And he's better than some of the other names on this list. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, that, that's the thing. It, the, the room is full, right? Yep. And he is technically, got better numbers than either of the two guys we just talked about. On the year mm-hmm. this year, 11 catches, 15 targets, 105 yards. He does not have a touchdown, but he has technically better numbers uh, than those other guys we just talked about. But, again, the room the room is full. So, yep. where, where can he go? Like, is this his ceiling where he's at right now for the time being, for the next few years? Mo Alley-Cox just went absolutely bonkers. So, you know, he's, he's, he's the one there. And it's not like he's, you know, on a cliff or anything. And, and like you said, um, still behind another guy, too. So, it's it's just one of those things. Like you said, the guys ahead of him, we like more than him. So, Yep, I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, when I think of other tight ends in this class, I don't think there's many to even mention. Uh, Tommy Trimble is still the starting tight end in Carolina, right? Yep. And so, for him not to be in our top five, that should go to tell you how his season's been in Carolina. Um, he's got Baker throwing him the ball. It's not good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to tell me twice. Uh, <laughs> and so with it, man, I know there was hop around Tommy Trimble. There was hop around Hunter Long before Gasecki ended up signing his franchise tag. There, huge uh, hype with Hunter Long back during that time, mm-hmm. back during the draft, back when they drafted him, and everybody kind of thought, okay, they're going to let Gasecki go, and then they didn't. So, and then he yep. just kind of plummeted behind. Uh, Gasecki. So, but man, I remember him being up on the list. I, and then I actually drafted him in a couple of leagues, you know, with a third and a fourth, maybe, uh, and yep. some tight end premium leagues. But man, he just kind of, he's, he's kind of fell off. He's, he's really, uh, he's really non rosterable, in my opinion, probably at this point. Yeah. I remember the hop around Trey McKitty as well. Um, uh, yep. man, they, mm-hmm. they thought before the Gerald, he's, he's in Los Angeles, correct? Uh, uh-huh, I believe so. Yep, and so they, I remember before the Gerald Everett signing, they thought he was going to be the guy. Yep. Uh, and so, man, it's just tight ends is a revolving door. 
Uh, I'll is. tell you what, though, man. I know I always bring up some rookies to watch uh, as far as coming into the 2023 class, the 2024 class. Uh, one uh-huh. particular college player that I'm excited for to join these tight ends Ooh. is a Brock Bowers, Brock man. Bowers, man. Stud. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Uh, doing that Debbie league this year and yeah. actually drafting him in the dispersal. Yeah. He, he's a he's a player I kept my eye on, and yes. I've I've watched the highlights for the Georgia Bulldogs, man, and he looks good. Dude, he looks good. I watched him not this past week, but maybe the week before last. I was watching the Georgia game, and man, they were hyper targeting him. He looks fast. He looks strong. Man, he looks good. He looks really, really good. So I'm I'm excited about him too. Man, he took an end around for like 75 yards, man. You don't yeah, see many yeah. tight ends do that. You don't see tight ends do that. That was awesome, man. I'm, I'm with you on that. He looks really good. If you're not into the Debbie stuff, as we're talking about, um, where you can uh, draft college players in, in some of these dynasty leagues, um, man, maybe you should you should kind of dip your toes in that and see if it's something for you. Uh, BJ's just getting into it, and, and I've been into it for a few years here. But it's kind of fun, and it gives you a different perspective to watch college football on Saturdays. Absolutely, man. Uh, and so as we close out our episode, we always like to take this time and just thank our listeners. Uh, man, we appreciate y'all support. We're going to try to push this thing on social media a little bit harder in the weeks to come. Uh, so with that being said, just hang with us. Uh, share it with your friends. Share it with the other fancy football uh, managers and whatnot. And then after that, man, we'll just keep on trucking, keep producing these episodes. Uh, you can follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Podcast, and at Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. Uh, Steven, you got anything else you want to leave? I know you always leave with a good bit of advice or a tidbit before we get off here. Man, it's just it's it, dynasty's fun. So, man, I, I don't really have a lot this week. I, we just want to thank y'all. We're going to push this on social media a good bit. We we want to we want to we want to help you guys um, win your dynasty leagues. We want to, we want to do that by giving you some hopefully some nice advice on some sneaky guys. We're, me and BJ are just two guys that are having fun doing this, and 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 we hope you can have fun with us. Absolutely, man. Just bear with us. Stay along for the ride. Uh, set your lineups this week. Enjoy it. Uh, fantasy football is one of those games to where you never really know who's going to win, who's going to lose. So just, uh, man, stay along for the ride. Have a good week. <laughs>